Hello, cryptid-loving listeners. As a friendly reminder from us here at the Don't Touch My Sasquatch podcast, we frequently make crude jokes, sprinkle our sentences with naughty words, and discuss mature content. Most of which may not be appropriate for all age groups. Listener discretion is advised. Now please enjoy. We're going squatching. We're going squatching, bitches. Oh, welcome back to Don't Touch My Sasquatch Podcast. We are your host. I am Josh. I continue to be Lennon. Yeah. yeah. We explore controversial topics with energy and a good laugh. I got in that little quote. That's what they tell me. Yeah. Uh, we're two guys that have a love and passion for these topics, things you may have heard of, but don't know the full stories of yet. We're here to tell you those stories, share our opinions, take a breath, and let you come to your own conclusions. We'll do the research so you don't have to. And you better keep your mind open to the possibility that things may not be as they appear. Throughout history, tales of mythical creatures have captivated the hearts and minds of humans. From large, hairy, ape-like hominoids in the forest, legendary beasts soaring through the skies, to creatures lurking in the depths of our oceans. These creatures have been the source of folklore bedtime stories, and even nightmares. Yet, every so often, these myths prove to be true, shattering our perception, shattering our preconceived notions of the wonders that exist in our world. Today, we embark on a journey to tell the story of two of these creatures that were once dismissed as part of the imagination, as part of our imagination, but have now emerged into the realm of existence. So sit back, saddle up, and put your scuba gear on as we dive into our new series, Undebunked, Kraken and Unicorn. Well, yeah, Undebunked. We we, we talk about shit. (laughs) We talk about shit, we lay the facts, and then we spank it in the ass and say... It's a new baby boy. On the way. <laughs> it's on. So, this is kind of a new one for us, folks. It, it's not kind of. It is a new one. So, well, you know. Kind learning of. the ropes as we go. Well, let's start it off. Do it. Talk I'll about s- yours first. Unicorn. Oh, <clears throat> what's up with the unicorn? I lost my voice. I guess so. Picture that you're walking through an open field on a beautiful sunny day, wind blowing in your face, and the scent of untouched nature fills your nostrils. Smells like shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Someone took a dump. Suddenly, you hear galloping. From, <laughs> from what you think are just some ordinary wild horses. But when you look over on your right, you see the most amazing and majestic sight you have ever laid your eyes on. A herd of wild horses with their manes flowing in the wind as they run Galloping so fast, their hooves barely touch the ground. It's Donkey from Shrek 2. <laughs> oh, donkey! <laughs> In the morning, I'm making waffles. As they stop to feed on some of the tall grass, you notice how the sun shines down, casting a warm glow on their coats, and then you notice it. These aren't just any ordinary wild horses. These are horses with a long horn on their head. You have just witnessed the rare unicorn. (gasps) And we're not talking about the sex version of a unicorn. I didn't go there, so that's weird. (laughs) Well, I saw it in your eyes. (laughs) You were thinking, sex. (laughs) The unicorn dates back to around 2000 BC, where they were the most common image on the soapstone stamp seals of the Indus... Valley civilization. Its body resembles more of a cow than a horse, and its horn and its horn curves forward and then up at the tip. Oh, the animal is always in the profile um, in in Indus Indus seals, mm-hmm. and you may be saying it's just a profile of an animal with two horns, with one horn hiding the other. Okay, this is disproved though. 
by a much smaller number of small terracotta unicorns and the profile depictions of bulls, where both horns are clearly shown. It is all up. It is thought. <laughs> it is thought the unicorn was a symbol of the powerful clan or merchant community, but may also have had some religious significations mm. that I don't get into. So I don't know why I said it like I was teasing <laughs> something. In medieval times, the unicorn became associated with purity and grace. Mm-hmm. Something I don't have. <laughs> either. I don't have either. It's, it's all gone. I don't drink, do drugs, smoke, or do anything, but my purity is gone. Done. <laughs> it was believed that the only... Oh, it is... Yeah, it was believed that only a virgin could capture a unicorn because of a virgin's purity. Oh. The unicorn was also believed to have healing powers. Its horn was thought to have the ability to purify water, heal sicknesses, and detect poison by sweating if you have a poisonous drink in your cup. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. So the first written description of a unicorn-like animal came in 400 BCE. What? <laughs> Just thinking the unicorn sweat. <laughs> well, I got nothing. <laughs> Uh, first written account by a Greek historian named (laughs) (laughs) the old famed clitoris (laughs) yeah it took a second it erased clitoris Uh, (laughs) I don't know how to say his name is the author of the part it's Stisius, Stisius. Okay. I'm going to go Stisius. Stisius wrote, and Clitoris, wrote two <laughs> books. One, Persica, about the history of Persia, and the other, Indica, about the history of Indri, in India. Mm. There's a third one he wrote okay. called Clitimosius, <laughs> and it's about the wonderful wonders of the clitoris, how <laughs> to satisfy and stimulate the female sexual organ it was three thousand pages long <laughs> it really was it's like a fucking like a crack in the shape safe god damn it it at me <laughs> ah squirt me in the face <laughs> during this time India was on the edge of the known world and was a land of mystery and wonder although he never went to the land he described. He would use the stories of travelers and merchants that were wandering through these eastern kingdoms. Mm-hmm. A passage from the Indica states the following. I think I just turned into a Donald Trump there for a second. <laughs> In India, there are wild asses. One of them's name is Lennon. Ah, this ah, dickhead. In, in India, there are wild asses as large as horses or even larger. Their body is white, their head dark red, their eyes bluish, and they have a horn on their forehead about a cubit in length. Mm. The lower part of the horn, for about two palms distance from the forehead, is quite white. The middle is black, and the upper part of the horn which terminates terminates in a point, is a very flaming red, like linen. Those who drink out of the cup made from it are proof against convolutions, epilepsy, and even poison. Provided that before or after having taken a drink, some wine or water, or other liquid out of those cups. Okay. <laughs> the domestic and wild asses of other countries and all other solid hoofed animals have neither huckle bones nor gallbladders. Huckle bones? I don't know what that is. funk's a huckle bone? (laughs) It's a huckle and a bone. Great. I don't know. Good stuff. Uh, Their huckle bones is the most beautiful that I have seen. Like that of an ox in size and appearance, it is as heavy as lead and the color of Cinnabar all through. Color of Cinnabon. <laughs> Delicious. Huckle bones. Yes, tell me. Them. Girls fashion design to inspire design. I don't think that's it. No, nope, that's uh, <laughs> Huckle bones. 
Oh. <laughs> Uncle Bones. Um, donkey. <laughs> asses. Hucklebones donkey. Hucklebone asses. Pick them, Hucklebones of London. Yeah. Thanks, Pinterest. Thanks. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. We're gonna, Waiting. Um, we're going to hit uh, what is what is Hucklebones? Wait, are you using it? Are you using it? Hucklebone definition. Hip bone. Oh, why don't you just say a fucking hip bone? So so this guy loves the uh, wild ass's hip bones, huh? No, lots of curvy yeah. ass. Uh, you like an ass hip bone somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> These animals are very strong and swift. Neither the horse nor any other animal can overtake them. At first, they run slowly. But the longer they run, the pace increases wonderfully and becomes faster and faster. There is only one way of catching them. When they take their Shotgun. young <laughs> When they take their young to feed, if they are surrounded by a large number of horsemen, being unwilling to abandon their fowls, they fight. But with their horns I said the butt in the wrong way. Yeah. A butt with their horns, kick, bite, and kill many men with horses. They are at last taken after they have been pierced with arrows and spears, for it is impossible to capture them alive. Their flesh is too bitter to eat, and they are only hunted for the sake of the horn and hucklebone. Mm. Well, much like many other horned and tusked animals, they're killed for the tusks and horns. Yes, they are. Thank you, old clitoris. You're welcome. The The unicorn has been described as a beast for a single large pointed spiral horn projecting from its forehead. In Europe, literature, in European literature and art, the unicorn has for the last thousand years or so been depicted as a white horse-like or goat-like animal with a long straight horn with spiral grooves, cloven hooves, and sometimes a goat. So it's a goat now. It's everything. I've never no, seen no, no, no. a never goat's seen... beard. Goat's beard. Okay, that's I got you. Oh well, it did say goat-like animal. Yeah, it's I've never seen a goat unicorn. I haven't um, either. In but, depictions, you know. only ever seen the no, tall. Horse. You know, it's always a uh, like the most majestic-looking white horse. Yeah, beautiful rainbow-colored hair, just waving in the wind. Are you one of those My Little Pony guys? <laughs> you caught me. I am. I like strawberry shortcake. <laughs> Jeez. Meanwhile, we're getting comments right now. Like, That's two different things. I know. It's a joke, motherfuckers. <laughs> Unicorns are a well-traveled creature, too. They can be found across Asia, Middle East, and Africa and Europe. Oh. I said and so in the wrong spot. But almost it works, almost everywhere. Then. <laughs> everywhere. Except for the Americas. Yeah, except for the Americas. <laughs> hey, don't look for that. Fact check. <laughs> Uh, well, I think there was cave paintings in South America, so... Um, well, that just sucked. <laughs> in China, they have a creature referred to as the Chilin. This is a rare and magical creature that brings good luck and is said to foretell the birth of... Jesus Christ. No, emperors and sages, you sicko. <laughs> Described as having the body of a deer, the tail of an ox... And the single horn on his forehead looks like that, that thing sounds like it looks fucked up. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you throw a bunch of different animals <laughs> in a meat grinder and see what comes out. That's it. That's what we got. A deer ox horn. And a horn. <laughs> <laughs> deer ox horn. We're going to call it the chillin. The chillin was a gentle creature that took care not to walk on grass or flowers. That's a very thoughtful animal. What, how does it walk? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. It only walks on roads and sidewalks. Uh, forest, maybe? If there's no grass? I don't know. Mm. Weird though, stuff. Though it tried not to harm any living thing, some stories say that the chillin could produce fire to defend itself when threatened. Mm. Where's the fire coming out of? It's Where asshole. find it. Probably. It had some of the uh, bomb. Fire it all! It's <laughs> 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 <was> defeated. <laughs> In the Middle East, oh God! In the Middle East, the Shedhavar is a Muslim version of the unicorn that has unique capabilities. The creature has a single horn on its head. Yep. But it also has forty-two hollow branches coming off of it. Normal. 
it's pretty normal. 42 hollow branches. They counted it. What's this thing called? I got to look this shit up. Shed Havlar. Shed Havlar. S-H-A-D-H-A-V-A-R. Shed Havar. Sure. Shed Havar. Well, Jesus, this thing is kind of cool looking. <laughs> it is said that when the wind passes through the hollow branches, the horn would produce a pleasant musical sound that attracts other animals. They believed the horn could be harvested and played like a flute, of course, as humans would do. They love blowing in the shit. <laughs> right. With one end producing a cheerful tune and the other a sadful one. Hmm. Sadful this, thing's kinda, this thing's cool looking. Yeah. He's a gorgeous son of a bitch. This one's kind of fucked up looking, but we'll take it. Oh, that one's called Josh. (laughs) (laughs) The Persian and Arabic people told stories of the Karkadane. Gotta have the fucked up names, huh? Oh, yeah. This magical creature would be described as having rhino-like features in the 10th and 11th century Mm -hmm. by Persian scholars. This description would then evolve over time from them having a short curved horn to having a long straight horn. Mm, Peronis. Disease. I know they found the uh, they found the, 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 the magical pill for it. Oh. Some modern day what? I don't know. <laughs> Some modern day accounts. Yep. Come in 1991 when Antal Festi- Antal Okay. An Austrian naturalist. Claimed he viewed a unicorn while horseback riding. Bareback riding, of course, because he's German. Bareback. <laughs> or because he's Austrian. In the Hertz Mountain. Hertz Mountain. But offered no proof of this encounter. Thanks. Thanks, old Antel. You're welcome. In 2010, the Ontario Science Center in Toronto shared footage of a unicorn sighting. That was later deemed a hoax. Ah. Uh-huh. In the 17th century, Germany, there was a unicorn skeleton found. Okay. It was thought to be also be a hoax. Uh, but when Antel Festatix <laughs> claimed, <laughs> claimed, <laughs> claimed he saw one in the same location back in 1991, mm-hmm. the belief that the skeleton was that of an actual unicorn became a possibility again. All right. And that's all I got for you there. Dope. There, there's not many sightings of a fucking unicorn. Yeah, yeah. It's not really, you know, a popular... No, it's just a mythological show. Same thing with mine. There's not a lot of sightings. It's just a lot of legends. Yeah. 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 So what could this mother, mother of mother. (laughs) Come in. I was just, I got aroused. That's my hand. Uh, If you didn't know. I did. So what real life animals could this monster be? What could it have been? Is this a question for me, or is it hypothetical? It's technically hypothetical, but if you want to answer, go ahead. Uh, I'm going to say... A snake. Yes. Hear me right. out. This might be a little off the cuff, but... Tell, 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 me, tell me. An anteater. Yeah. <laughs> they thought the long tongue was a horn. Got him. All and right. then the women spread their legs and said, Come at me, dog. Jesus, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so an obvious... Culprit of mistaken mm-hmm. identity would be that of the Indian rhinoceros. Okay. This too is a creature with one horn and the sight. Hmm. This too is a creature with one horn and the sight of it face to face for the first time would be breathtaking. Least scary to even the bravest of men. Really? Well, you come face to face with a rhinoceros. All right. In the wild. All right. All right, fucking, you're gonna ace and tour that thing. Come on, the asshole. Accept it. Well, <laughs> do what you can do. <laughs> yeah, just grab it. Now you control it. Remember, <laughs> there have been instances where rhinos have been mistaken for unicorns. Oh God, the Magdeburg unicorn, also known as the Magdeburg Einhorn, Finkel is Einhorn. Ah, it's a unicorn in German, was a collection of fossils unearthed in 1663 at. Sweckenburg, Germany. Okay. Sweckenburg. It sounds good. Sweckenburg, Germany. The myth could be based on the Elise. Oh, fuck me. And the asshole Elysimotherium, also known as the giant unicorn. 
an Arusian rhinoceros native to that location. The beast was large, shaggy, with one long horn protruding from its forehead. Mm -hmm. This creature was thought to have become extinct in the prehistoric times. Exhibit B is the uh, Saula. The Saula. My favorite. I know. Is a species <laughs> of antelope native, natively found in the forest on the border of north central Vietnam and Laos. They are one of the most recently discovered large mammals in the world, but what? They are one of the most recently discovered large <laughs> mammals in the world, what? <laughs> but are now also believed to be one of the rarest mm -hmm. with estimated population numbers of just on the tens. Whoa. Numbers of just in the tens of individuals. Oh, shit. That's Oof. hard. Couldn't read that. Saula, Saula are recognized by Saula. <laughs> I don't know. It's got a damn thing name. What have a Saula? What is it called? It's called Saula. And by that, I mean, how do you spell it? S A O L A. S A O L A. Thinking like koala. I'm thinking koala, just swala. I was thinking uh, this is interesting looking. Yeah. I was thinking of uh, sola, but okay. Suala are recognized by two parallel horns with sharp ends, yeah, which are. reach each, sorry, which can reach 20 inches in length, like my penis, and are found on both males and females, unlike my penis. <laughs> they resemble an antelope, but are a cousin of cattle. These things are cool looking. Lennon, turn your uh, Google search to this one. Another is the Akapi. Okapi, O-K-A-P-I for you, which is a shy and timid animal that is found in the small jungle areas. It's a zebra leg. Yeah. Small jungle areas in the Ituri forest of the Congo in Central Africa. These things are cool. Yeah. <gasps> I think it's part zebra, part donkey or something like that. The baby one, my wife would love. It's a little baby cuckoo butt one. They just got like donkey <laughs> legs, zebra legs and donkey body. <laughs> It is difficult to find it in its natural habitat. People thought that it did not exist. People said that there was a creature that looked like a horse with one horn in Africa. But they could not prove, but they could not provide evidence of it. The okapi is the most closely related to the giraffe, but resembles a zebra. Is the most closely related to... The okapi is most closely related to the giraffe, but resembles a zebra. That sounds better. Mm. It has small giraffe-like horns on head. Oh, it does too. Protrusions made from ossified cartilage, which are covered by skin and fur. Mm. Therefore, it became known as the African unicorn. Even though it has two horns. <laughs> well, you know, things happen. <laughs> Mistakes were made, okay? The Arabian... Oopsies. Another possibility for mistaken identity comes from that from the Oryx. O-R-Y-X. The Oryx have long pointy horns that they have no fear of using. Oh, I see. These animals have similarities to the unicorn of many ancient Asian legends. And when they stand sideways... They appear to have only one horn as one covers the other. Yeah. I can see that, but they're coming out the they're going the wrong angle, but yeah. Yeah. <coughs> these are cool. Now aren't these what killed uh Simba's dad, Mufasa? Simba, yes. No. Wait, wasn't that the wildebeest? It was a wildebeest. It was wildebeest. Wildebeest. Oh yeah. You think you think Mufasa? Died from that? Come on, dude. All right. This one is by far my favorite. All right, I'm excited. I think you'll... you'll yeah, it was Wildebeest. In medieval and Renaissance times, because of their belief that the unicorn horn held special powers, people, most likely Vikings, yeah. would scam others by using the tusks of a narwhal. Hey, there it is. Selling it as a unicorn. Horde. Ugh. Bad place to burn. <laughs> I like choked. <laughs> Selling it as a unicorn horn. Yeah. The Viking hunted the narwhal for food, and the narwhals lived only in the northern sea 
and were unknown to the people further south. Yes. Because of this, the scam worked. And Alicorn, what they called the fucking horn, as it was called, became one of the most expensive commodities of the time. Those those sneaky Vikings. It wasn't until the age of discovery was well underway that Southern Europeans discovered narwhals and realized that they've been duped. We've been swindled, Lennon. Damn it, we've been swindled. Even after this, narwhals were often referred to as... The unicorns. (laughs) They're really weird. So, wrapping up the unicorns, I I, I like the uh, Arabian orcs. Mm Mm-hmm. Is a possibility for our unicorn, but the obvious answer is the rhinoceros. Yes, uh, it's just a little bit bigger. Doesn't really look like a horse. Doesn't really have a mane. Doesn't you know run fast? <laughs> uh, doesn't. I mean, it's bulky. It's kind of fat. It's, you know, its horn isn't like majestic looking. It the isn't lot, on its the, forehead. The it's white rhinoceros is one is. But I think it. You know, yeah, that's the mistaken identity. Yes. So, unicorn is a rhinoceros. Oryx. Or an oryx. <laughs> no, no, rhinoceros oryx. Oh, it's a combo. They breeded. Yeah. Oh, that's an odd combination. Yeah. So the horn is a little bit higher in the head. It's a single horn, and it looks like a donkey. Don't. And a... A donkey. Hey, brah. Yeah, the, the oryx is cool. Uh, that was the oryx, right? I think so. No, that was the acape. Ah, oh, yes. Acape. That's what I meant to say. Acape. It resembles a zebra. April. So what do you think? Now looking at the pictures. Rhinoceros. Hands down, no questions asked. So unicorn was real, just not White what you thought it was. Exactly, not what you thought it was. Not at all. Hey Lennon, yo, what do you got? <clears throat> well, I'm gonna start off uh, talking about the kraken today, folks. Kraken, yeah, kraken. DJ JJ on the ones and sixes. Well, similar to a rap, we're going to start out my section with a poem. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Poem comes from 1830. Below the thunders of the upper deep, far, far beneath in the abysmal sea, his ancient dreamless uninvaded sleep, the kraken sleepeth, faintest sunlights flee. About his shadow. Okay, you can do it the whole time. I'm only a quarter of the way through. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, you're going to be out of breath, my guy. Woo! Got me going again. About his shadowy sides above him swell huge sponges of millennial growth and height. And far away into sickly light, far from from many a wondrous grot and secret cell, unnumbered and enormous polypy. Winnow with giant arms, the slumbering green, there hath he lain for ages and will lie, battening upon huge sea worms in his sleep until the later fire shall heat the deep. Then once... By man and angels to be seen, in roaring he shall rise and on the surface die. <laughs> that would be from Lord Alfred Tennyson. Thank you, Lord Alfred. Tennyson. He must have been Batman's trustest of advisors. Yes, indeed. Loyalist. Oh, Loyalist. Lord Alf- Alfred. Got it. Okay. <laughs> well, the high seas, wide open water. Far as far, I wrote for some reason. And far as far as far as the eye can see. Wow, that's far. And it is what it was, as, I, as the eye can see. The days of wooden ships and early instrumentation mixed with the unpredictability of deadly storms made nautical exploration a deadly undertaking. Now, don't get me wrong. These you're, like, you're like saying riddles over here. You lost me. I'm a simple man. Do I need to read it again for no, you? you're good. You're good. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Those sailors and captains were damn good at what they did. But in the past centuries, the early pioneers of long-distance nautical exploration and travel made the far corners of the globe attainable, and they did so at great risk from nature and the construction of their vessel. But is that all? For as long as mankind has explored the seas, stories have surrounded the mysterious waters that they cut through of massive beasts from the depths plaguing their voyage, or for some, the cause of a ship's downfall. Many monsters, many monsters have been dreamed up by these early pioneers of nautical travel, and for most, just like fishermen, they grow out of proportion like a fishtail. One of the most famous and most common amongst all the different civilizations and stages of exploration 
is that of a massive tentacle monster. Legends of a massive tentacle monster wrapping up a ship into its grasp and crushing it yeah. or dragging it beneath the waves have been in sailors' nightmares since man began exploring the seas. The Vikings told of a legendary monster to be wary of. The narwhal. Is, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> that is said to hunt the waters between Norway, Iceland, and Greenland, where it is known to grab ships intent on eating its crew. If this failed, it would swim in a circle rapidly around the ship to sink it in a whirlpool and eat the entire crew from the water. Incredible. But what did this beast look like? Uh, it had two eyes, a nose, a horn for some reason, and 60,000 circular teeth. And? Tentacles! A pig nose. <laughs> Lennon, release the kraken. Over the centuries, many different legends and stories have come about. I thought of a bad joke. Oh, have come sorry. about during the... <laughs> Over the centuries, many different legends and stories have come about describing the sea monster with many different names. But one thing is common against all, amongst all of them. It has massive tentacles that used to grab hold of people or ships themselves. Art depicting the beast shows it has, a, has massive eyes to fit its large-scale body and a massive head from which the tentacles protrude from. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can relate to that. Is <laughs> it? <Here's> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! That's so good. What's that? Um, so so good. Oh, sorry, I didn't know what you're talking about. As Lord, <laughs> as Lardass would say, <laughs> that bitch had nothing on me. Fuck. As large as an island and an appetite that follows, the Kraken has long been a staple of maritime lore. Oh, that means boats. Wow. <laughs> yes, it does. You're good at this. What? <laughs> yeah. Hit him with the facts. Oh, fuck. Well, some are lucky to escape with their lives. Other me others merely spot the monster swimming through the water below. And others witness ships within their sailing party taken down by these beasts, according to legend. Oh, the Titanic was one of them. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, not at all. If you want to know what happened to the Titanic, go watch Titanic. All right. Episode. All right. Let's look at some historical accounts. Let's do it. Hey, let's do it. Nordic legends. Yeah. Some of the earliest accounts of the Kraken can be traced back to Viking lore. Mm -hmm. In 1180 AD, King Svea of Norway... Oh, he sounds important. Wrote about some, <laughs> wrote about some many sea monsters. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I was itching my head and my fucking hair went everywhere. All good. Let's tuck that back in. I don't think that's any better. I really don't. Not better. That's fantastic. We're gonna leave it for the rest of the episode. You look kind of kooky. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, guys! Whoa! <laughs> Are you fixing it or leaving it? What? You leaving it? I'm gonna leave it for the episode now. Fantastic. So King Sphere of Norway wrote about the many sea monsters he encountered in the waters, but most significantly due to its size and terror, yeah. he told of the Kraken. Release the Kraken, again. <laughs> he, he wrote that the beast was a monstrous, squid-like creature, and that those who sailed the water should be careful and alert to the dangers that faced them. <laughs> I don't think they had those type of horns back then. No, were, no, 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 no. I think it was just a guy in a with a peg leg up there on the 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 what the fuck's that thing called? Crow's nest. Crow's nest. Thank you. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Oh God! Old one-eyed Willie up there, it's fucking doing noises again. Viking longboats were different, but yes, I'll accept it. <laughs> oh, you're well, you know. I'm right. There's those <laughs> things that they stood in front of that they said, "Hey." Uh, could we just go back to your story? Because I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Great. Another Viking account appears in the Icelandic saga. Uh -huh. Orvar Order. Oh, from the, Orvar. The, <laughs> from the 13th century. <laughs> the saga tells the account of two different krakens. Hafgufa, oh. <laughs> Sea Mist, and the Lingbakar. Heatherback. 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 <laughs> Norwegian educational like work. Bakker. Kanungs. Oh, I thought I had the fucked up words. Konungs. Konungs. This is a conundrum. Gugska. <laughs> In it, it is told about Kunungs, the habits and danger to watch out for when dealing with the beasts. It is described that Sith style, there could Ooh. only be two. 
This was due to the ah. feeding habits necessary for a creature of that scale's survival. Sith style, not Highlander style. There can only be one. Yes, no, there can only be two. <laughs> There's simply not enough food, and they could not reproduce. There's okay. not enough food for them to survive. For more than two to survive. If they can't re- re- reproduce... I don't know. I don't know. See, this uh, the Kung Kanungs Skugska... The Conundrum. ...is a Norwegian mm-hmm. educational book. Yeah. So... What kind of fucking education are they doing? Well, they're teaching about this. This is also... <sighs> this is also the same book that we learn of which... The way of which it feasts upon us tiny humans. Grabbing them and their vessel, or when all else fails, create a whirlpool and drag them into their turf. Yeah. Um, One of the more, uh, moving on from that, one of the most detailed descriptions of the creature comes from a Danish historian in 1755 named Erik Pontopidan. Or Erik von Lichtenstein. Erik Pontopidan. Pontopidan. In his book, Natural History of Norway... In his book, he paints a picture of the beast from history's accounts of the beast among sailors. He describes the beast as a round, flat, and f- not as a as <laughs> round, flat, and full of arms or branches, branches, quote unquote, <laughs> and the the largest and most surprising of all the animal creation. This comes from talking with several fishermen who heed warning of sailing out more than a few miles to sea from the Norwegian coastline, lest you fall victim to the deadly kraken. No! In his book, he describes it as such. Here and there, a larger rising is observed like sandbanks, on which kinds of various... on which various kinds of small fishes are seen continuously leaping about till they roll off into the water from the sides of it. At last, several bright points or horns appear, which grow thicker and thicker the higher they rise above the surface of the water. Oh, and sometimes they stand up as high and as large as the mass of a mid-size of mid-sized vessels. Oh, they... so it's more so described as a sandbar island type deal. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. The kraken is said by Pontopidan <laughs> to, like fe- <laughs> to feast on fish to survive. Because humans are harder to come by and the natural sea life is all around it. Gotcha. He said that the kraken emits a kind of foul stench that sailors recognize as the scent of the kraken in its close proximity. But this stench isn't a warning sign. No, it isn't. But more so a lure. It just had some gas. Oh, you read my notes. The scent it it gives off does not come from its natural foul odor, but from their ass or scent glands. <laughs> but from its shit, which it uses to draw in fish's bait. <laughs> Usually you just ignore the words I write. I That fit really well, though. Pontopidon says, Great many old fishermen say that its evacuation of its anus. colors the surface of the water, which, <laughs> Brown. which appears quite thick and turbid. 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 What is turbid? Good day. The muddiness is said to be so agreeable to the smell or taste of other fishes or to both that they gather together from all parts to it and keep for that purpose directly over the kraken. He then opens his arms or or horns, seizes and swallows his welcome guests and converts them after due time by digestion into a bait for other fish of the same kind. Oh, so it's kind of like Christianity running around trying to convert everybody else into Christianity. Christians, I'm sure, sure, <laughs> I'm just fucking, sure. Uh, I'm just trying to connect dots that aren't there. <laughs> Due to the fact that fish are attracted to it in abundance, it became a deadly hunt for hunt. the fishermen to seek out the beast, as it would yield a great haul for them. So, fishermen definitely looked out for the kraken signs to fish around, and. Yeah. The smelly, muddy, muddy muck. The legend of the Kraken over the century was centuries was so prominent that in 1735, in the first edition of his book, Systema Natura, Swedish botanist, physician, and zoologist, Carlus Linus, even added the monster to it. 
The Systema natura is a taxonic classification of living organisms on our planet. Within, <laughs> within the book, Linus... Don't mind me. It's okay. <laughs> within the book, Linus classified the kraken as a cephalopod, giving the, it the scientific name of Microcosmus marinus. What did Charlie Brown think? He didn't. The, later, the kraken was later <laughs> omitted from an, in any future editions of the book... But, however, in Fauna Suecica. <laughs> I think this is fun. From 1746, Linus described it again as a unique monster that is said to inhabit the seas of Norway, but I have not seen this animal. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, he, the book, um, I didn't know if you followed with that part. The book uh, was a classification system of all living life on the planet. He added that Kraken into it. So. But he did not see the animal. He did not see the animal. <laughs> The real-life monster. Oh. While this monster has a vast legend that follows it, the true story behind the beast is actually not far off. The kraken has grown in scale and size and terror with every story told about it over the centuries, but the witnesses of the beast were actually observing something that we rarely see to this day, only further proving the elusiveness of the beast. It's kind of like the game telephone where it just yeah. grows. changes. Changes and grows, <clears throat> yes. The real origin of the Kraken is the giant squid. Ah, oh, that was Aunt Mildred. Uh, no, she's off doing whatever it was we talked about her last. <laughs> <laughs> While the real giant... Nope. Well, <laughs> huh? Giant squid? <laughs> yeah. While the giant squid is not, in fact, the size of an island, it does, however, reach the incredible size of over 40 feet long. It's incredible. Seriously. If one was seen near the surface, or at the very least... Its tentacles, this would definitely be the ignition source for the legends of a massive tentacle beast in the water, ready to drag a sailor from its ship, and then the story spirals from there. No pun intended, though. Spirals. Ah, right no pun intended, I Ow. said. but the muddy waters too well it's not shit the cephalopod family is known to produce and expel an ink as self-defense mechanism damn right they do and if one was ensnared in a net while fishing it would most likely eject this ink and the sailor would believe that the kraken was nearby yeah but giant squid live deep in the water and are rarely ever seen most of the time they're only ever seen on the surface after they have died or washed up it wasn't an, it wasn't until 2006 that a living giant squid was finally filmed. Yes. Researchers hung bait deep down in the water below their boat off of the Agasawara Islands. They I were, give you the hard ones to say. I guess so. This was off Japan, of course, of Japan. They were attempting to catch one and succeeded. They hooked and pulled up to the surface a 24-foot giant squid. Showing the whole world a living monster of fabled legend. 24 feet. And that's a smaller one. Yeah. Yeah. The giant squid matches the descriptions too. It has two large eyes, a funnel or a siphon, eight long tentacles, each lined with two inch wide sharp toothed suckers, and they have a beak for a mouth. They use their two feeding tentacles, which are much longer than their other six, to shoot out up to 33 feet away to grab their prey in their unforgiving grasp and pull them in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, you know, that's what I do, too. When I see something I like, I just shoot, shoot, shoot your tentacles out and grab it. Too. Pull it right in. Give it a big old bear hug. <laughs> Once pulled in close, the beak slices up the prey into manageable bite-sized snacks for it to devour. Most notably of the giant squid... Second only to its tentacles are its two massive eyes. The giant squid's eyes are the size of dinner plates at Jesus. one foot in diameter. That's, that's a damn eye right that's there. It's a big fucking eye, but a nice fucking fish. Sure is a nice fish. <laughs> yeah. Don't want that. They don't want to come eye to eye with that thing. <laughs> it's, it, its eye is bigger than our fucking heads. Yeah. The giant squid's brain is actually shaped like a donut. With its esophagus running straight through the center of it. Proportionally to its body, it is actually quite small, but still very complex. Because of the difficulty in its study, we were limited to only examining dead bloated carcasses that washed ashore or turned up in a net. The bloating would make accurate scaling difficult, or they would be missing tentacles from predators or natural decay. So a new method was conjured up to gauge their size of their gauge their size off of their beaks, 
which commonly remained intact. The beak of a giant squid, the beaks of giant squids, are also very often found within the stomachs of dead whales, giving us even more of a chance to study them. Sperm because, whales, right? Yes. Because they were mortal enemies. Yes, because the sperm whales are wash up the unsure dead more than us, us, you know what I'm saying. Have you seen some of the uh, battle wounds? Yes, I will. I was about to talk about oh. that in a few minutes. No, I mean, no, I'm not getting in-depth on it. But Get in-depth. Because of this new method, researchers now believe that they're... <laughs> because of this new method, researchers now believe that some giant squid reach lengths of up to 66 foot long. That is fucking long as hell. Yes, but none have ever been documented to prove this. That would make the giant squid larger than the colossal squid. But Lennon, if the colossal squid is larger than the giant squid, then why isn't that the candidate for the Kraken? But Lennon, if the colossal squid is longer than the larger than the giant squid, then why isn't that the candidate for the Kraken? Ah, good question, valued listener. <laughs> the colossal squid is predominantly found in Antarctic waters only, while it is not believed to venture farther north than southern New Zealand. Giant squid are believed to troll the waters worldwide based off the shore based off of the shores they wash up on. Nice. Which proves that it was as far north as what the Vikings have seen. Their massive eyes help them to absorb as much light in the dark depths of the ocean to feast on deep water fish, small fish that amass in schools, and even other giant squid based off the contents of some dead one's stomachs. Oh. So they're cannibalistic. They eat each other. Yes. But besides other giant squid, sperm whales seem to be a very common predator of these creatures. The beaks found within their stomachs tell the tale, but so too do the scratches and battle wounds that are seen on these whales as proof of the battles below. Below who? Me. <laughs> Sorry. So, giant squid is the kraken. White rhinoceros is... Unicorn. The unicorn. The einhorn. The point we are trying to prove here is that there is truth... To some of these legends, and while something may seem far-fetched and hard to believe at first, they actually exist and are living creatures on our planet. Now, of course, as seen here, they can be blown out of proportion. Like the amount of horns that the unicorn actually had, or the scale of the giant squid. But witnessed at the time, which came as a surprise to sailors. What is this picture? Sorry, it wasn't what it was supposed to be. Okay. I don't know. Oh, that's because it's a video. Oh. I'm sorry. I was like, it's a video of a giant squid, but I thought it was just a screenshot. My uh, bad. All good. All good. All good. All good. But so, too, was the scale of the giant squid, which was witnessed by sailors at the time. But either way, we say to you, believe on, you cryptid-loving listeners. The Apps. truth is out there. Absolutely. Yes. What are your thoughts on this? Giant squid? Giant like squid. It? Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Shows what? it. It's, well, that's not the one. I'm trying to find. Uh, get a picture from. Trying to get a picture of. That's it. a giant squid. That is a giant squid. It's not as giant as I'm picturing, but it's a giant squid. It is a giant squid. It's like a twenty. I say it's a twenty footer. It's like a twenty footer. And then my favorite picture that I've found so far. Oh God, I'm nervous. Don't be. It's that one. Because if you look around the. Uh, Eye and mouth region, it's kind of goofy looking. Uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's like cartoonish. That is. But that's the insides of a squid. That's dope. It's pretty cool. See, it's a donut brain? I, I don't. I'm looking. Oh, I see it now. It's so weird. A donut brain. Where's the pooper? And they give it a lot of arms. Way more arms than it has. <laughs> he said, where's the pooper? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Definitely think it's a giant squid as well. Cool. cool. Easy. Easy. Colossal squid is not the one. Giant squid is the one. Colossal squid only happens in the Arctic. Or is it Antarctic? Antarctic. Antarctic. Yeah. Get it right, Lennon. Those things are uh, those are wide boys. Yeah, what I've never seen one. A giant squid is long. Mm-hmm. Colossal squid are wide. They're really? thick. They're thick. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big I'm a bix. I'm a mix of a colossal squid and a giant squid. All right. Yeah, you are. <laughs> a thick and long one, baby. Yeah. Gross. That's not what I was thinking. I'm talking about my height, you fucktard. Thank God. Well, on that note, that's your line, but I said it. Ladies and gentlemen, squatches. On that note, Maestro hit us with our metafucking outro. <laughs> and cryptid-loving theorists today. 
Oh, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. If you would like to reach out to us and let us know your thoughts or opinions, you can do so by finding us on Instagram, Reddit, Facebook, and on our YouTube channel. Or you can just call us at 724. Great. Hit the subscribe button for auto downloads to listen first thing every Monday morning because you need us in your ear holes on your drive in or whenever. Yeah. Thank you all. Yeah. I always say it wrong. Thank you to all of our Patreon members to help keep this podcast a reality. We're grateful for your continued support. If you haven't yet become a member and would like to support us, head to our Patreon. Or if you're feeling a little classy, saucy, and whatever the hell that was, well, you weren't getting me the other side of the heart. So I just said, fuck it. Oh. It's too late now. It's over. All righty. The moment passed. Check out our merch selection on our website to visually show your support to your friends and family. Yeah. Drop us a five-star rating and write us a review. Tell us what you love and how you're enjoying the show. Share us on your socials and tell your cryptid-loving friends and family about us. Subscribe, hit the bell, and like the videos on YouTube. This all helps us to grow and bring even more great content for you to enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Join us next Monday for our next incredible episode. You may write us, rate us, review us, but remember to always stay curious, be vigilant, and don't touch my Sasquatch. Don't do it. For some reason, he's sitting on a unicorn head. Oh. Hey! God! <laughs> Peace? See ya? Weird. <laughs> yeah, he's riding saying, hi Oh, Silver! I'm gay! <laughs>